there had been Christians that I had met before, but they were very judgmental. And so I was I was a bit hesitant to kind of take this step, but but this individual church, I don't know that I would be here with you experiencing it had it not been for them and their kindness. And they just embraced me with love. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church YSM. We hope you enjoy these stories. Welcome back to the Your Story Matters podcast. Thank you for joining us for part two of Travis and Nicole's story. Um, because this is a part two, if you have not listened to part one, um, go ahead and stop this podcast episode right now, jump back, listen to part one to find out how we got where we got. Cause it's really important to, to the whole story. And you know, I never want you all to listen to the podcast and only hear the resolution and only hear the wisdom and only hear the Bible verses. You got to hear how it got there. And um, the reason why is because it just makes it more meaningful and more powerful to understand people's stories aren't just the happy endings or the bows on it, which they don't ever have anyways, or, or the peace or the redemption. We love peace and we love redemption, um, but that only comes when there's trials. And so make sure to jump back, listen to part one, and then pick up this one as soon as you're done with that. And so we're going to pick right back up where we ended episode one, uh, which is you've already fought through so much as a couple. If your story was just the childhood stuff, Right. If it was just you guys meeting, moving to Frederick and um, fighting for recovery and addiction, you probably could have ended it there and people would have been like, man, that was a lot. But then a few years later, the bottom drops out. FBI come to the house and they take Travis. You guys have a little bit of time, you know, a year of of trials, um, a year of your life being very public, even though you didn't ask for it to be. And then two months to get everything in order. Um, which is just really enough time to realize how much disorder there is. And then you get to drive Travis up to Cumberland and drop him off. And Travis, you shared at the, at episode one, that the jailer that took you in just straight up told you she'll never come back. We'll pick it up from there. Did you guys talk about what the next three years would be like before Travis went in, was it, I will be here every week, or was it, hey, I'm going to do my best? You know, so how did that kind of begin um, when it comes to your marriage and, and kind of how you saw the next few years playing out? Well, well, truth be told, I, like, I was not under the impression it was actually going to be three years. Oh, yeah, sure. I was, yeah. I was kind of told, like, I'll be able to get into this drug program, and at one point I think I was told like it could be as little as 12 months or 18 months. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Like I can do this and I'll be up every, like my goal was every weekend or every other weekend, like we would be there. That was absolutely my plan. We had talked about that. When I went in, it was, I think the maximum they said was 42 months, but there was a drug program you could do, which would knock 12 months off your sentence. You could go to a halfway house, which isn't necessarily home. Um, but you can go to a halfway house or home confinement for up to a year, but nobody would give you a hard and fast. So going into it, we're like, okay, we've got a 12 month to 42 month window. And we did talk about it and we were like, you know, how is this going to work? What are we going to do? How are we going to interact? Um, but at the time we didn't know how long it was going to be. Now, yes, if we're both being honest, she she's like, well, you know, I want to make it work. And clearly, I wanted to make it work. And that, that was our goal when I got dropped off. But like I said, when I got dropped off, the first thing he said was like, she's out in the world. Like, you're here. You're not going anywhere. She's going to live her life. And that's when that doubt started yeah. to creep in. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, I really, I can't do it. I, I get to call and they, I think they give you like 300 minutes a month that you're allowed to use on the phone. Wow. <laughs> that you have to pay for. That you have to pay yeah, for. Yeah, so they you, give you a max, but, but you, still. But it's yeah. like, so I'm like real quick, I'm doing the numbers in my head. Like I've got two young children who I, I still want to be involved in their life. So I've got 10 minutes a day. If I spend five of those minutes talking to my children, that gives me five minutes a day to actually talk to my wife. What kind of relationship are we really going to have? Yep. Now, yeah, there's letters and there's visits, but again, we're, how many hours was it? Two hours, two and a half hours away? No, it was an hour and a half one way. Hour and a half. But it's still an hour and a half drive. But with two young kids, With too, two young kids. Which makes everything And that's an hour and a half there oh, yeah. and an hour and a half back. Yeah. And then again, you you still have your own outside life. The yeah. kids are going to start doing their extracurriculars. It, it becomes difficult. And then even still, we've got two young kids. It's not like you know we're going to the playground yeah. to play. It's like we're we're sitting in an auditorium essentially yeah. in chairs yeah. talking. Yeah, I, I we get a lot of our jail experience from television. And Travis, one of the things you joked with me earlier is like, hey, watch sixty days in if you really want to know what this is like. It's gray. It's 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 sterile feeling, it's metal and cinder block. Like it's not even conducive for like feeling good. You know, even with the person that's right in front of you that you love, you're still in an environment that they make intentionally unwelcoming, unkind, um, unloving. I, I know the the jail in Frederick, uh, just from experience meeting people there. And when you go to meet with them, you sit in a cinder block room, the table is bolted down, you get two metal chairs, there is no clock. And the walls are like that off yellow, like that elementary school color that's awful. And so it's not even just like, hey, you could visit, but it's they're not even creating an opportunity for this to feel good, right? Like, like you are not going into it going, well, at least this feels a little bit like a family environment, right? It's kids where you feel like kids shouldn't be, and it's your wife where you feel like your wife shouldn't be, and that, that's kind of the choice you have to make when you're there and it's almost like setting that up for failure, right? Like no healthy marriage can last on five minutes of communication a day. Really quickly though, how old were the kids like when you first went in? Grayson had just turned two because um, Grayson was born in 2013. You went in April of 2015. So yeah, Grayson was two. I was like two years because they're two years right now. That's what's throwing me off. So Grayson was two and Bray was five. Okay. And what was that like? For a two-year-old, they're not really gonna know but a five-year-old does Braden had a very hard time yeah um he had a very hard time in school I would get lots of calls from school because of behaviors and things that he was doing um we ended up getting him into counseling I mean Bray Bray was very angry um because he didn't understand he didn't understand. Grayson, thankfully, was so young. He yep. was just, he's happy-go-lucky. <laughs> yep. But but Brayden um, did have a a hard time. But, you know, on that note, and this is, this is something that I had a lot of frustration and a, a lot of anger and resentment about, is I made my life about them and being able to see him. Yeah. So like every weekend we went up and I was super tight on money, but I always had money so they could buy snacks and they could yeah. do ice cream and yeah. it could be a fun, as fun of an experience as it could be at the prison. Like I would try to do that. That would cost me money that mm-hmm. I didn't really have. And I put so much into making sure that they saw him and he was a part and they had these good memories and I was I was killing myself trying to do it. Yeah. And it's like he gets to, from my viewpoint, it's like he's just chilling. He sure, he has sure. he has no responsibilities. He he doesn't have to worry about bills. He doesn't have to worry about getting the kids up and the sicknesses. And Grayson had multiple hospitalizations during this whole time and all of the stuff that I'm carrying and I'm doing. And like the kids get to enjoy dad. Sure. Dad gets to enjoy the kids. And it's like I'm I'm just sitting here like slowly dying and, and yeah. no one recognizes that. Yeah. Um, so it was it was challenging. Yeah. Um, so what was faith like during, specifically let, let's talk about like the first part of this, right? Because it, it, it is three years. Um, so to sum up three years is, is really tough, but 
so in the first few months of this, when you're kind of visiting, right, weekly, you, you know, Travis, part of it for you is like the acclimation, right? You talked about that, like at first, it's like, I don't belong here. This isn't my place. Like there's that feeling at first before you're like, oh crap, this is every day. What was faith like during that part, right? Because that's, I, I would say like for, like as a listener, it's kind of the, the rock bottom. Like there's been a bottom and then the bottom and then this is like the, oh crap, because like you're really settling into this is our new normal, which is Nicole, you taking care of two kids, driving an hour and a half one way to visit, Travis, you being in a place where <laughs> they're not telling you when you're getting out and just kind of being stuck in like a, what the heck am I doing? How long am I, am I going to be doing this? You know, receiving a lot of what's the tension at home, but not being able to solve any of it. So what is faith like then? I, I was more or less in survival mode. So yeah, I, I didn't I didn't have much, I mean, any, any faith at that point. Yeah. I just, I was kind of putting my head down and getting the work done. Yeah. Travis, what about you? Um, it's, it's not a competition. Like I know she went through a lot and it's not one's easier than the other right. vice versa. But like I was stuck in the point where, yeah, like I didn't have the kids or the bills. I didn't have anything that put me into survival mode that made me say like, I don't have time to dwell on this. I need to go. I unfortunately was spent eight, nine, 10 hours a day thinking like, is my marriage gonna last? Yeah. Are my kids gonna know who I am? And like different type of difficult, cause I know what she went through was ridiculously hard, but it's like, there weren't a lot of faith moments at the beginning because I was getting acclimated, but like I would walk 20 miles around a baseball field like that was my and i just go and i walk and think and walk and think like how did i end up here where did i go wrong is there anything i can do at this point that makes life any better not so much for me but for them because again like i want to help but i'm stuck here like i can only do so much um so there were a lot of things you know at first like there were a few ministries that would come through yep. and they would allow you to do like, you know, recorded books for your kids on holidays or for their birthdays. Wow. And I was like, no matter what, whatever I have to do to get in, like allowed to do this, I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. care if I got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and walk to the library to record, I'm doing it. We started doing quilting. I learned how to sew and it's like, wow. you know, quilts were being sent to like children's memorial and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? Let me start doing this. And you start to see there's even a dynamic inside, because again, it was prison, and you're like, these are bad people. But then I'm like, but I'm here, and I don't think I'm a bad person. Like, I made a bad choice, I made bad decisions, but I don't think I'm a bad person. But you start to find people that, you're like, you know, this he's a pretty good guy. Like, I let my kids go play with him in a park. Like, sure. he's, he's like a grandfather. And then I would start to have more involved conversations with them about my relationship and what I hoped and where I thought things. And like, they would they would be brutally honest. And like, look, you can't, there's nothing you can do here. You can hope, you can pray, you can do whatever, but it's not gonna, she's gonna make her decision and you're just, you're stuck waiting. Yeah. But then they were the ones that eventually they saw how emotional I got over things. Like when I knew it was visitation day, it's like, I'd be up first thing in the morning, like just call my name, call my name, call my name. And then I'd go and then like, I wouldn't want to come back and like, I'd walk out of the room and then like, I'd watch them leave like through the gate and I'd wave to my boys. And it's like, there goes my normal life, like again. And it was great to see them, but it was also the hardest thing in the world to see them leave again, every single, and like, is this the last time they're going to come up? Is this the last time? Yeah. Yeah. When the winter would come around, you know, weather would start playing an issue. It's like, oh, I'm not going to see them before Christmas. Please don't let it snow. Yeah. But there was one gentleman, his name was Anthony. He was an older guy from Rhode Island. But he's like, look, he's like, I know you're not very religious, or at least you don't seem to be. He's like, but you should really come to service with us. And I'm literally, I literally looked at him and I said, we're in prison, like seriously? Yeah. And he's like, look, I don't care what you believe. He's like, I'm just saying you need something different in your life to give you a center and there's not much here that's gonna help you. He's like, whether it's good or bad, this is my third or fourth time in this world. I don't always make the best decisions, but I like to think I'm a good person. 
He's like, just come. And I'm like, all right, I'll come. And it was probably almost a year in. And for the first time, I'm like, we're all in prison, but like, these guys are happy. Yeah. Like as happy as you can be, but it's like, you could see a spark. Mm. And I'm like, okay, like, you know what? Maybe I should do this. And then like, I went a couple more times and I started having more religious conversations with them. And I'm like, look, like, I don't necessarily know that like, I'm fully a believer. And they would say very similar to what you do. I don't need you to believe everything. Yeah. You know, if you come out tomorrow and you believe a little bit more, I'm good with that for right now. Yep. Now we're having this conversation. You wouldn't have had this conversation with me six months ago. So I'm good right now. And it eventually got me to the point where I looked at our relationship and I was like, you know what? Like, I can't, I don't want to force her. I can't force her, but I don't want to force her. And I told her at one point, I'm like, look, like I'm going to be here until they open the door and let me leave. I hope you're here that day when I come out. If you're not, I'm not going to be mad at you. I want to see my kids. I love my kids. I'm always going to love you, but I can't. I can't expect nor force you to sit and wait and then see what's going to happen. Like, that's your choice. And, like, I literally threw it to God and was like, you're going to have to figure this one out. Like, I'll walk out that door and I'm hoping she's here. And there were ups and there were downs and, you know, there was arguments in between. And she was stressed. I was stressed. But the lines of communication stayed open. And like I said, when I first went in, we didn't know it was going to be 12 or 42 months when we were in between. And every time we got close, it's like they moved that goalpost on us. And it's like, come on, seriously? Now, I'm I'm not even doing anything wrong at this point. Like the first time, like I can own it. I had a cigarette. But nobody had been punished. And I'm like, well, they're going to slap me on the wrist and, you know, no harm, no foul. And just don't do it again. And then it's like, no, we're going to make you stay here for an extra year. And I'm like, wow, you just doubled the amount of time that I'm here for a a cigarette that wasn't lit. I could have said it wasn't mine. But like, I wanted to be honest. And then towards the end, they did a massive investigation and they threw like 20 people in solitary confinement. And I'm like, I'm going home and... Like, you legally have to let me go home in 20 days. Like, there's nothing else. But, like, I couldn't talk to her. And I'm like, every time I think I'm close, you, you kick that can down the road a little bit. And now it's like, I don't even know if she's going to know to come up here and get me. Like, I might walk out the door and just start walking down the highway in Cumberland until I can find somebody with a phone that'll let me make a phone call. So it was rough. It was hard. And like I said, I knew she was dealing with everything. And I couldn't change it. But all you could do at that point, and I know people say it all the time, you hit rock bottom and that's when you turn to God and that's when you turn to Jesus. And it's like, I went so far beyond rock bottom (laughs) before I realized like, I've tried everything else in this world. What's the harm in trying? Sure. But that was the first time where I was like, you know what? Like, I feel better about myself. I feel better about my life. And I feel like there's hope. Even if we don't work out, I know I did everything I could from that moment moving forward. Yeah. And then fortunately, you know, I came out. She was there. It wasn't the great, it wasn't, you know, like a movie where it's like, oh my God, he's out. Oh, let me jump into his arms. It was, here's a letter. We're going to figure this out. We'll talk when we get home. And it was a very odd hour and a half drive home. But I'm like, you know what? At least she was here. That's that's step number one. Yeah. Let's start working on things as we go. Nicole, same question from the first podcast. Why were you there? You fight for your marriage. You stick with Travis through recovery. And then you know there's this hard thing coming. You're like, nope, we're going to stick together through this. You don't bail before he goes to prison, especially when you figure out like, oh, man, this is so much more complicated than I thought. Three years, which I'm assuming had a lot of moments where you I mean, Travis, you said it, like you told her, like, if you leave, like, okay, you know, why didn't you? How close did you get? So, so again, to, to his point, there was, um, and I really pride us and our marriage on, on, on our communication. I mean, there is great communication about any and everything. We sometimes talk at nauseum multiple times a day, but uh, there, there were absolutely were times in the in the marriage when he was incarcerated that 
I told him, I said, for all intents and purposes, like we are separated. Yeah. And I went out. Like I went to the bars, I hung out with people and I dated. I needed to see if this was really what my heart desired because I mean, it was time after time after time after time. And and even when he was incarcerated again, we were told it would be a year. Yeah. Like yeah. more and yeah. it's it's like I just need a break. Like I just need something good to happen. So, you know, I did start to question, is this what I want? Like is is this marriage what I want? So I allowed myself to really question was my desire to just be with someone or was it to to be with him? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I concluded it was him that I wanted. Yeah. Like it it was it was a hundred percent him that I wanted. I just I wanted better for us. Sure. So what got us to the three years? I for the longest time I had worked on weekends. So going to church had never crossed my mind, but the yeah. opportunity didn't even ever present itself. And then finally there was a shift at my job and I had weekends off. And I, again, like I had never had church involvement as a kid. Yeah. And by the time I got to think about it, I'm like, well, that ship has sailed. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I yeah. cannot yeah. go in and say, I need, I need the, like the three-year-old version of sure. it. Talk to me about sure. the Bible because it's sure. like, I either should have known this stuff or it's like, well, I guess that this is just never going to be a part of my life yeah. because here I am like 30 yeah. something years old and it had never been a part of my life. So there was somebody that I worked with, um, and man, I love this guy. He was wonderful. He he just radiated such joy. There was just something like he, I mean, we would get some of the craziest things that would come into the ER or these situations, and he just was able to roll with it and yeah. just had such joy. And, and, and God was such a part of his life. I mean, he spoke so openly about it um so so he's there and then grayson ends up getting into montessori okay okay so like we're in montessori right and the parents need to volunteer so here we are volunteering and i sit next to this lady and she's like well, we just moved to frederick you know my my husband my husband is a pastor lo and behold she knows the guy from work. <laughs> they were talking about the same church. So I was like, maybe yeah. the, like maybe I can kind of give this a, a try. And I will tell you, during the time that that he was away, like I shared earlier, I had people who I thought were good friends, I mean, completely yeah. turned their back. Yep. An old neighbor of mine. She, she would sit at the bus station and she would gossip to the other moms and like talk about me sure. and my husband and my kids. And it was just, I didn't feel supported. Yep. I felt completely alone. I felt judged yep. for things that I didn't do. And I felt shamed for staying with him. Sure. Like yeah. why is she, clearly she must have known. Sure. Clearly yep. she, she must have been involved. That's why she's staying with sure. him. And it's like, uh no like not at all like why why are you guys can't can't people just be committed yeah to to a relationship um so clearly i didn't have good support at all during any of this um but then this 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 woman it says, hey, my, my husband is the pastor here and then my colleagues like hey i go to this church and i'm like hi oh, i now have off on sunday so maybe yeah like let's let's kind of try um and it was wonderful this was so this was like spring of 2017 okay, okay. so at this point i had been kind of doing my thing for for two years yeah. and i had been struggling because again i was i was trying to find something to hold on to i was working and i was taking care of my kids but I, I didn't feel like I had anything firm to hold on to. Sure. So I get invited and I went. And there had been Christians that I had met before, 
but they were very judgmental. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so I was I was a bit hesitant yeah. to kind of take this step, but but this individual church, and I'm so thankful for them because yeah. like that that literally I don't know that I would be here with you sure. experiencing it had it not been for them and their kindness and like there was no judgment. They welcomed me with open arms. They welcomed my kids. I got to share some of my experience and Good. they just embraced Good. me with love. And it was very, very different than I had ever experienced. And then I shared again, the open communication yeah. I, I shared with him. I said, hey, this is something I'm doing. and. And you know, again, historically, this has not been our yeah. life. Like yes. we are not yeah. church-going yeah. people. Yeah. But this is what I desire for me and for our kids. Yeah. And and if you like, once I made the decision that he is who I want, like this is like we are, we are gonna give it our all. Okay. Said if you want this then this is going to be a part of our future. Like yeah. I need you to realize this. This is something that is important and I don't know exactly what it means and I don't know I don't know what our future is going to look like, but I want to try yeah. because this is this is something that I feel like I've been desiring and and I have found something yeah. that I can root myself into. Yeah. Yeah, and what's crazy is like a lot of your life that you shared in episode 1 is you know, filling the void, you know, especially when we have fathers who are not present and you know we, we long for that we long for a father we long for someone to see us and care for us and typically when we go and try to find it in the world it always ends up not being there or letting us down so we fill that with other things and what you're experiencing is going oh crap I don't want to fill this with other things anymore whether that's other people whether that's our own um, grit and resiliency like sometimes we're like I can I can fill this void with my own effort Right. And so we try harder to fill it. And then we, you know, find success or we grind our way through a hard season. Then we get to the end of it going, crap, I still feel this way. Um, proud of myself for getting through it, but still feel this way. You know, it's people for a lot of um, people. It, it could be drugs. It could be addiction. It could be hobbies or whatever it is, is we've got this void and we try to fill it with all these things. Something's good. Something's bad. Every single time, though, it leaves us feeling like something's still missing and something still, even the good things that are like even great relationships fill that void a little bit, but there's still always that little bit of gap where you're like, this is great, but this isn't completely there. And that's just because we're people and we end up screwing things up anyways. And so what you found is, Hey, okay, maybe faith is this thing. Did you know Travis was also like wrestling with faith? So this is just like, you guys are both kind of on this faith journey, not a part of your life at all. And then here you are in this terrible scenario and you guys are both at this point, exploring Jesus. And you had no idea that. Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, again, it was it was very touch and go. Yeah. But like she said, like we weren't what you would consider church going people. Yeah. And yeah. all I'm thinking is like, if I start telling her that I'm going to services and I might want to do this when I come home, is she gonna be like, he's not even the same person that sure. left. Like, sure. I'm like, I can't, like, I'll cross this bridge when I get out, yeah. but I'm not gonna drop this on her now. And then she said she was going, and I'm thinking, well, that's good. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if there's a re, I, I don't know what yeah. her motivation yeah. is. So yeah. I'm like, let her, but then when I came out, she's like, we, we've gotta do this. I'm, that's okay. Like, I've been going to services for the past 18 months. Like, sure, no problem. And it was shocking to her, but it's like, no, like, again, I'm not jumping from, we're not church-going people all the way yeah, in, yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, like, I'm good with this. Yeah. That church no longer exists. Yep, yep. We went to six or seven yeah. different churches looking for one that works for us. Yeah. When we walked in here and heard you speak one day, we both said, we don't have to go anywhere else. Yeah. I always want to make sure to remind our listeners that there are good church experiences as well. And the church that Nicole, that you went to, um, which Travis, did you ever end up yeah. going there? Was okay. No, I went um, there for, I mean, was it, did it make it to a it year? It wasn't going to be that long. It, yeah. it, it wasn't a long time, but yeah, I got to go. It was close to a year. I'm going to say, I got to meet the pastor. Like yeah. we talked numerous times. Yep. You know, I nothing ill about yeah. the church. What's it was a yeah. great church. That church Sometimes specifically, it doesn't work. yes. And like for us, when we were coming to Frederick, I had a mutual friend with one of the guys on staff, 
just coincidentally. And we posted, hey, we feel like God's calling us to Frederick. They reached out to us. And I'll share the story often about how when we tried to find a location for Collective, we were told no by like 20 different groups of people. That list would have been 50 different groups of people if the pastors of that church didn't sit down with me and say, hey, we've tried these 30. Don't don't go to these 30. Here's the other 15 or 10, 15 or 20 that um, might have said yes if you asked them. That church helped us take a lot of pressure off our plate because it was such a good group of people. And when they were around for, for Collective, it was like, hey, if you don't love Collective, you're probably gonna love that church. And if you don't love that church, you're probably gonna love Collective because style-wise, we're very different, but our hearts for people, hearts for the city, hearts you know, for the things of God were very similar. We just had, it was a different flavor. Yeah, yeah. And when that church did end up closing, um, there's a lot of people that ended up at Collective. And one of the things that I know the lead pastor said was he told people, hey, if you're looking for a church that is a church plant, you should go to Collective. That is not normal in the church world. And a lot of those people are leaders at this church, have helped us grind through all the crazy seasons. And so, you know, I want to make sure people listening know like, hey, there's still good church experiences out there. And there is still good church experiences from church to church. And we are very thankful for them because I think we are a better church because they existed and they were a little bit ahead of us by about like two years. So you both are like, hey, faith is probably a part of our life now. Um, But you mentioned earlier, there's a letter. What is happening in your life and in your marriage when, Travis, you get home for the first time in, in three years? You know, I can imagine, Travis, you're you're sharing what's going on, but you're not sharing all of it because it's like you don't want to burden Nicole with that. Nicole, you're sharing with Travis, but you're not sharing all of it because he can't do anything about that. So what is it like when you go home for the first time and there isn't anything hindering your communication? There isn't anything hindering, you know, a, you know there's no wall standing between you guys anymore. And again, like making the decision to say, hey, we're going to we want to try to make this work, but what was that conversation and what were those conversations first like when you got home? Well, I'd say it took, it took a while for the conversations to happen. Again, the very tail end, we didn't talk for the last 20 to 30 days at all. Sure, sure. So like there wasn't, a lot of times you will get that lead up like, hey, you know, and we'll start figuring out when it's just the two of us. Now she came to pick me up, but obviously our two sons were with her. Yeah. So we can't sure. really have... And they're older at this point, right? They're yeah. old enough to eavesdrop. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So yeah. we can't have a, a, an adult conversation the minute I sit down in the car. Which is why I wrote the letter. I understood. <laughs> that's why I'm going. Yeah. But that's why, you know, there's the letter. And it's like, look, basically, I'm not sure how this is going to work. I want to try. But it's not going to go back to the way that it was. Which, again, yeah. I understood completely. Yeah. So for the first... And again, don't yell at me because I don't remember <laughs> Time for the first subjective. couple of days couple of weeks however long it was like I literally slept on the couch she it was only sleeping. it was only a couple days okay like I said I couldn't couch. remember but I slept on the couch because she had been sleeping in the bed by herself it yep. would just be very odd that I come yep. home and it's like okay well daddy's home so yep. we're gonna go back to you doing this and me yep. doing this it's like you have run this ship on your own for three years yeah I need to figure out how to come home and acclimate to what you are doing. She had her own rules, which were different than the rules that I may have had for the kids. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't come in and start changing. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me, but I'm like, I want the marriage to last. So I'm literally walked on eggshells for the first couple of weeks, you know, to make sure that like, I'm not stepping on her toes. Can I help with this? Can I help with this? Is there anything you need? just to show her that like, look, like I'm willing to make whatever changes need to be made. I want us to be a team again and work together, but I realize you need time to get used to me. I need time to get used to you, even though you're all I've thought about for the last three years, but I haven't been here. Not to mention that the kids need time to get used to me. The funniest part was my old dog, who's no longer with us, he was deaf, dumb, and blind at that point in his life. But the minute my foot hit the ground outside of the car, he comes flying like Santa Claus just came back. Gotta love dogs. And I'm like, I did, but I'm like, yeah. but they're not going to act yeah. this way. Like yeah. even Braden and Grayson, it took time for them to get used to me being there. Yeah. You know, first couple of times they did something wrong. I'm like, I'd look to her like, 
am I supposed to reprimand them right now? Like, I yeah. don't want to step on your toes. Like, how are we going to play this out? Well, I think at one point they even asked. They're like, they're like, when's Daddy going back? I'm like, no, he's, oh, sure. he's like, yeah. no, like he's it, he's staying. It was yeah. di- yeah. like they thought yeah. I was there to visit. Like yeah. they came yep. and visit just. For, so it, it was wow. odd at first, but we did once once we got used to each other. Um, of course, she was still working. I was looking for a job. The kids were right about to come on summer vacation. And she's like, look, are you okay keeping the kids during the day and watching them? Like, as long as you're okay with it, I'm fine with yeah. it. So I played daddy daycare for the summer um, as I was looking for a job. And her and I, like, we would sit down. And it wasn't, it, at that point, you can't throw everything on the table and say, okay, well, here's our checklist. We got to talk about all this. Yeah. It's like, look, you know what? Let's let's cross this off the list today. Yeah. How's this? What do you prefer here? What do you prefer here? What are we gonna do with this? And we slowly but surely, it, I don't want to say it was like a new couple moving in together for yeah. the first time, but it was very similar. Like you say, here's everything that needs to be done. Okay, you can deal with this, and I'll deal with this. Yeah. You do this. And there were times where like I would step on her toes or she would step on my toes and it's like, okay, well, you may have been doing it this way for three years, but I think this is easier and here's why. She'd say, look, I know you did it like this for five years, but I do it this way now and this is the way I want it done. Okay, like, but we work together to get to a point where it's like, we can coexist and we're happy with each other. We didn't make it too long until Ellie was on the radar. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, we're back to relative normal because here comes an, another child. Yeah. It was only, like, you were only home a couple of weeks. I yeah. did not. It, I didn't want to jump that like that. This That's is one of, let's go to her. One of my favorite parts when couples sit down and, and they've been through hard things. I always wait until they say, okay, and then the baby came. Because it's like, as much as your communication might be hindered, as much as you're trying to, like, figure each other out, like... Intimacy is one of those things, and it's it's a hard thing to be intimate again, right? You you still have to make that choice. It, it yes. Um, but also, I feel like intimacy when you choose that vulnerability again and you choose to be intimate together, that's one of the first things that that comes back in a marriage. And they're like, we're still trying to work through all this stuff, but we're not working through that other thing anymore. And like that, that's you guys got pregnant. For for me, it's like if we're going to do this, like. We're gonna we're gonna do it the right way. Like yeah. I'm I'm all in. You yeah. know, like I'm not so let's just let's try. Sure. I I desire and he even knows this, like I would have been pregnant sooner, but again, like Grayson had just turned Grayson sure. and like everything. Yeah. So I I desired, I desired so much. And that was yeah. very clearly communicated when he was away. I said, Look, I want another kid. Like it it is it is what it is. So yeah. it was your home, like if we're gonna do this. I'm all in. We're not. Yeah. We're not tiptoeing around. And yeah. And yeah. She's, so how many weeks was it before you were pregnant? Uh, like honestly, I, I got pregnant like that month. It might have been like yeah. two weeks. <laughs> he might have been yeah. home two weeks, and I like boom. It yeah. was yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and that was, um, that was that was great because it gave us something to move mm-hmm. forward to. And it's it's there was you know the life before that this big period yeah. and now there is this new life yep. and our our family kind of redefined yep. after this big moment yeah yeah and it's a choice for you guys to say we are moving forward yeah. because um and and i understand couples who go through things like this that decide hey we're not gonna have kids we're just gonna try to work and try to heal this marriage and and you know push this whole thing forward. But there is a piece of it when you have a child coming out of whatever you come out of in a marriage that says, oh, no, 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 like we're still in this for the long haul, right? We're still, we still understand that this doesn't make everything easy. This is not like a coping mechanism. Like kids can't be that. But you guys saying, no, we're committed to this. And a child is the proof of that. Like, was there a, I mean, (laughs) It's a third kid. So it's like, there's, there's the, oh crap, you know, Travis, you said you were looking for a job. So like there, there's a, there's some stress there, but did it feel like, okay, we're going to do this. Like we're going to, we can move forward. In the big picture of things. And it sort of goes back to what she was saying earlier, but I got to a point when I was gone that I was like, there's nobody else that I want to be with. And yeah. there was one point in time where she had gone out to a bar or something had occurred and she just was not in a good mood afterwards. And I was, she's like, you know, I don't know what to do. And I said, you, you just need to do what makes you happy. 
Like, I know it's hard and most guys will say they'll say it, but they don't actually mean it. But like, I know I love you and you're the only person I'm going to love. You need to figure that out on your own. But I'm okay with you trying to be certain this is what you want. And when she was there, even with the letter and, you know, we need to talk some things out. I'm like, she's real. She knows what she wants. We've still got things to work through together, but I know I want to spend my life with her and she wants to spend her life with me. Combine that with the fact that we had gotten older, so we had that gap between yeah. our kids. We're yeah. like, you know, we don't have forever to play around with it, yeah. whether or yeah. not we're going to have another yeah. kid. But then, like I said, once we said, like, yeah, we, we want to try to have at least one more kid, and at that point it was one more One kid. more, yeah. I'm laughing because... There is an explanation. <laughs> Everybody laughs. But we were like, okay, like, while we're not back to where we were, and it'll be some time, like... We both agree, like, this is what we want. And yeah. again, I don't know that she can say the same thing, but I was like, she was a great single mother for three years. Sure. I'm not worried about my child. Like, if something happens to me, I know she will do everything in her power to make sure they're okay. And I hope that she feels the same way. If something happened to her, we know our kids are going to be taken care of, yeah. whether it's her, me, or a combination thereof. And again, while I was gone, we never the, the boys were never used as pawns. It wasn't I'm sure. gonna do this. And I'm sure. like, you know what? I trust her with my kids. Even if our marriage didn't work, she's a good mom. And I yeah. know she's a good mom. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was it was rough, but again, it's like this is the life I created, and I was very easily able to look back and say, even with a kid on the way and looking for a job and all these stresses, I'd still rather be here right now than where I was six months yeah. ago. And yeah. I feel like she was sort of the same, like it's rough, it's stressful, but at least he's here now. Yeah. Now I don't have to run all over the place to take care of the kids. We yeah. were we were moving towards what my what my goal for a family was. Sure. Like we were we were actually able to to work towards what I believe we had both desired. Mm-hmm. And that and that yep. was that was giving me strength to keep pushing forward. It's like we are yeah. back on track. And yes, it is not going to be easy and right. it is not going to be perfect. But as long as we we are together and we're working towards the same goal, yep. like we are good. And it's not just that you guys like got through it. It's also that like you guys had changed during that time. Yeah. Right. Faith had become a part of your lives. You know, the even even like there's physical change, there's like the recovery change, there's the you know, addiction change, but there's also a faith change. There's a perspective change. There's a, you know, your love for each other was still the same. You guys still both desired each other and you were, you essentially tested that and realized, nope, that is what we want. But you also didn't get out of this and go, okay, we're going to go back to the exact same life, the exact same people, the exact same problems, the the exact same things that we're carrying. It was, hey, there's a lot of things that have grown and healed and we need to continue to grow and heal. um, So let's keep doing that. So you get pregnant. When did you start coming to Collective? So we came here when Ellie was just about nine months old. Okay. Either August or September okay. of 2019 that we came here. Okay. So for Collective, that was a big time for us because then we were like, we're growing and we're in a middle school at the time. Like, yeah. yeah, the capital campaign, all that stuff. And then COVID shuts it all down. And so... What was that like for you guys? Well, it was horrible because we both worked in healthcare. So like yeah. everybody else's COVID and our COVID were different. Yeah. Like we didn't go virtual. Yeah. Like we went to work every day. I didn't get to was, work from home yet. Like yeah. my kids did homeschooling, but we still went to work all the time. Yeah. But it was also like, I don't want to say our faith was tested, but to me, that's like, that's one of the easiest points where it would have been like, this is it. Yeah. Because... I had come home, we had a church, didn't last. We look, we look, we look, we find one that we feel good with. And then we get a couple months and now it's like, and now we're shutting down. And it's like, you sit there for a minute and you're like, is this a sign that I'm like trying to avoid? Like you keep closing (laughs) these doors on me. But then we started like, we watched online and it's like, even then, and Again, this is not me trying to be nice, but I'm like, watching church online, I don't know if that's me. But like, yeah. I watch, I'm like, this like this is better than watching TV. Like, I, and like, sure. Braden would sit down, the other one, Grayson wasn't really old enough, but Braden would sit down occasionally and watch. And I'm like, he's showing interest. Yeah. 
And it, I mean, it was weird. It was difficult. Yeah. And again, having three kids working in healthcare, yep. we needed something stable with the craziness that was in the world. And it, at least me, I didn't want to give up the one thing that was stabilizing a little bit. I don't know if she felt exactly the same way, but it's like, I need something that's keeping us normal right yeah. now. COVID was awful because yeah. admittedly, um, I mean, again, I worked in healthcare, so yep. I I had to work almost every weekend at the COVID tents. Yep. So I wasn't able to watch in real time, mm -hmm. or if I tried to, like I was busy, I was multitasking. So I really struggled yeah. to make my, um, my faith a priority in that because I was trying to yep. juggle all of these other things. I was so happy when you guys opened yeah. up and we could cut. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. it allowed me to really be present and to be intentional with my time. And yeah. I am I am so thankful that you guys did did the online and yeah. it kind of held me on, but physically coming yeah. back here is yeah. is exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, there was a, it was a Sunday morning, I think, because um, we were still doing online and it was very early on in the days when the COVID tent was set up uh, behind the Chick-fil-A, like on Monocacy. Yep. And I think it was a Sunday morning and like Collective Online is like playing and literally the entire staff from Collective is in line getting tested. I remember that day. <laughs> and I was like, I think that was like one of the first times, like I knew who you guys were, but I was like, I think this is the first time like I've ever really like met Nicole and it yeah. was, hey, can you let me know if I have COVID a little bit later? And I can't remember, I remember it was cold, I don't remember anything else. But yeah, I, I mean, and I do want to say this too. One of the things that we did try to do during that season was care a lot for like the hospital and healthcare workers. And um, that was all you, like you were our in. So I know you felt distance and I know like it was hard for you during that season. Um, but I do want you to know that uh, Collective wouldn't have been able to serve the hospital the way we did if you didn't essentially open up every door for us. Because we had no idea what we were doing. And I know it was a lot of Danielle texting going, can we do coffee? Can we, can we do donuts? Can we, can we do these? Can we, how do we do these things? And while it might not have felt like super close for you when it came to like the actual like worship side of things or like the, the listening to the sermon side of things, um, when it comes to the way that Jesus asked us to serve, we couldn't have done that without you doing your job, managing everything else, like with both of you working especially, because it's easier when one's working, one's at home during that season. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did as a church without you being in that place, which is such a big part of your guys' story where, again, like I don't think God forces direction on us, but when you allow God to lead you, you end up in good places. And in multiple times of both your lives, while it hasn't been easy, when you've kind of stepped back and let God be God, um, sometimes more actively let him be God and sometimes just go, okay, I need you. He's put you in some pretty incredible places um, to where your story is what it is today, which is kind of unreal. Um, but that led to us opening up the building. Um, you were baptized. Mm -hmm. uh, was in how soon after we opened the building? So I, I was baptized um, October of 21. Okay. Yeah, so just a few months later. And then you guys were like, you know what? We want more children. Oh, she was pregnant when she got back. You were pregnant when you got back. So there you go. So kid number four. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But there, hold on. This needs to be said. <laughs> there, once we really wanted a girl, which is why we tried for Ellie, yeah. and God willing, we had a girl. Yeah. However, as soon as she came, we quickly realized that the older two were right at that age where yeah. they're not going to want to play with their yep. baby sister. Yep. Yep. And we looked at each other and we said, well, we did two before. We know how to handle two. Yep. The older two are relatively self-sufficient. The only part we forgot in that argument is we were 10 years younger when we did the first sure. two. So short sleep nights are rough. But yeah. that's when we <laughs> said, look, if we're going to have yeah. number four and give her a, a, a playmate, yeah, so to yeah. speak, it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Um, I mean, you can use that. You can use that as your rationale. I always knew I was having a fourth right. baby. <laughs> Nicole knew it was, was you. She knew it was four babies because I could not deal with another girl. Yeah, it's just that that's a different thing, man. I got two of them. But like I said, a, it's it, it's very hectic now with four children. Yeah. But again, they they do look after one another and they yeah. do help. Yeah. And we wouldn't, even though it's hectic for us. I think we have six soccer games in the next two days. We wouldn't have it anyway. Yeah. Life life is far from perfect, but I love where we're at. Yeah. 
I mean, I I do. Like, I love where we're at. Going through what I personally went through, as challenging as it was, I am grateful because it it taught me things about myself. It showed me things that there's no other way I would have learned those things. And, and I think Trav will probably agree, but I feel like our relationship now, um, our commitments, the, the romance, the intimacy, the yeah. everything is, is far better yeah. than it was even before we hit those rocky times. Like we have grown so much individually yeah. as a couple and really as a family that I love who we are right now. And I do credit that to the experiences that we've gone through, but I also credit it to our willingness and openness to to try something that we hadn't before and and to really open ourselves to an experience and to a God and and to things that ground us in a way that nothing else does. Sure. Um, I do not believe that God forces bad things on us so that people recognize that he exists, right? Bad things happen because bad things happen. Life is hard, right? We make bad decisions. Other people's bad decisions, really, and that goes back to like our parents, their bad decisions, we carry that with us, and then that filters what we do, right? Life is hard as it is. But one thing that we have learned on this podcast, you know, more than 20 plus episodes in, is one of the best things about God is just the redemptive nature of things, where it's, man, God didn't force that on you guys just so that you guys could start wrestling with faith, right? He will always have the door open, and we always decide whether or not we want to walk through it. But God is the only one who can go, okay, this thing sucked and you shouldn't have gone through this. And really like the loneliness you guys felt, the community that you didn't have during that season, the people that made it very clear they weren't your people, you know, during those hard three years, somehow God can take those really terrible things and go, okay, I can, I can make something good out of this, right? It doesn't make it good. It still sucked, but he can go, hey, let, let me make let me make this a, a good and right thing and, and let me help other people and and that is why we do this podcast and so much of this is you guys being willing to share and other people going man like I'm going through a hard time or I've carried that shame for a long time or you know Travis for you like when you're in prison one of the things that men struggle with a lot is like are we good enough and God created us to like when we're dads to be dads and when you can't be a dad that sucks you know and there are men in this church who have been through similar things where they felt like i wasn't a good dad or i wasn't president and i was doing all that i could but it wasn't enough and there are men who need to hear like hey like that season sucked but that doesn't have to be who you are forever because a lot of men would stay in that, that for three years and then get out of that and go well whatever you don't need me right they kind of get in their feelings about it but instead like you've stepped up and you're a good dad, and you love your kids, and all, all of them, you know? And um, I just think it's so incredible to see, like, what you guys have been through and what you guys have fought through and how now you are allowing God to be a part of this and shape so much of, of what comes next. And so let me ask you, you know, the question that we ask throughout the podcast is, what is faith like for you right now that you've kind of gotten through everything that you've gotten through? For me right now, and we talked about this prior to the podcast, I had never been the the church-going type. I have never really even been the one who's like, I can believe in everything. But with everything that I went through and the interactions I've had with church since being incarcerated and since being out, I, I've come to find churches that give a more honest and open approach to what they believe. Like you said, following Jesus versus you are a Christian. And I think that makes it easier for me to say like, you know what? I can believe in this. I do believe in this. You know, I want my children to believe in this. Even if my children say, you know what, dad, I don't necessarily, yeah. I, I don't think the Bible was true. I'm not going to argue with you, but if you can take little pieces out of it and the happiest moment I've had, and this is not to knock any of my children being born or getting married. Braden came home from youth group one day and he's like, dad, I prayed today. And it was like the happiest moment this kid has ever had. And it made me feel happy. And I'm thinking I would have never had this conversation with my own father. Like this, this sure. experience would have never occurred. So I think that's where my faith is now. It's still growing, but it's growing much quicker than I ever thought it was possible. Yeah. 
but it's also growing for my children, which is very important to me. So my faith is, it's knowing that, and, and you've shared this a lot, and, and it's something that I really kind of hold on to, that knowing that it doesn't matter what I do, I'm loved. Um, I am loved more than I can ever understand. And, and feeling a sense of worth and a sense of belonging and a sense of community and unconditional love and support is really grounding and it's it's helping it makes me desire um to grow my my faith further because again like i had i had always believed that there was a god but it kind of began and ended there Mm -hmm. like there wasn't a, a whole lot more than that but when i have really opened myself to the experience of of walking the path that he desires um there have been some pretty incredible things that have happened and I know it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. And I know that there are going to be down times, but I'm not alone. Yeah. Like after, after feeling alone for so many years and feeling judged, um, I'm not alone because he is there, but his community, mm-hmm. like through his people, I am feeling that love that, that I had desired for so long. So that's great. Um, really proud of you guys. So let me ask this question. You guys have been through a lot. <laughs> and so if, the, if you guys had any advice or any wisdom to share for people listening, what would that be? And Travis, we'll start with you. My, my biggest advice, and even though it's, it's far gone in my life at this point, is anybody who's struggling with addiction is to reach out, try to find somebody like yeah. I was at a point where nobody could have understood what I was going through in my mind. And if it hadn't been for Nicole basically hitting me with a broom, quite literally, (laughs) I don't know that it would have changed. But if you try to do it on your own, you're you're never going to get past it. It, it, It's never going to work. Whether you use your faith to help or you need a different avenue really doesn't matter. It's just address whatever the underlying issues are. And try to address your health and well-being and then move forward from that point. Yeah, that's great. What advice do you have for us, Nicole? The end is never really the end. You know, like your story doesn't have to end at that really bad thing. Your story is so much more than that. And then you are more than your transgressions. Yes. Yep. You know, you are you are more than the things that you've done. Yep. That doesn't necessarily describe you. It maybe describes a part of you, but that is not who you are. Yep. You are you are so much more than the things that you have done. Yep. Yep, that's wonderful. All right, last question. Um, if you had a favorite Bible verse, and uh, it could be one that you know, you held during a season of your life. It could be one right now where you're like, yeah, this speaks to who I am now and what I'm, what I'm going through and, and the faith that I have now. What would it be? It's Jeremiah 29 and 11. Yeah. God knows the plans he has for you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And no matter what we're going through, our kids are going through, no matter how minor or major, it's like, that one it's like just like she said there's always hope yeah there's nothing that you can't get past and again with 200 guys in the environment i was in the first time i heard this i'm like how do any of them have hope right now yeah like this is this is the end yeah but they they did and this was like their mantra for the longest time and it's like you know what if they can have hope in that situation with the school yellow walls as you call them yeah it's like you know what this works and again we'll have we have disagreements we have fights we have yep. arguments but it's like i go back to this and it's like it's not the end yep. there's there's still hope you'll get through this like you get through everything else yeah that's wonderful when i when i first started going to church this spoke so heavily to me um and then i have one that i carry now so so the one that first struck me um is matthew 11 28 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And struggling to be alone, um, literally carrying everything on my own for, for so long, to, to hear that there was someone that desired to take that from me, like joyfully wanted wanted me to give that up. That was um, that was a really cool thing. Yeah. It was it was really it was really unexpected. Yeah. Um, but that kind of showed me like maybe maybe there is something good in this that I can connect with. Hmm, um, that's good. The other one that I that I hold on to now um, is Romans twelve twelve. <laughs> Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that is something because, again, like life is not perfect. Nope. You know, we're we're in a good spot right now. Sure. But it could change in a in a second. Yep. Like I don't I don't know what tomorrow brings. So it's it is just trying to really love each day and hope and pray, but know that we're gonna be able to persevere through through it all. And that is that is one that I like to remind myself either daily or, or even weekly. That's so. good. Guys, thank you so much um, for your willingness to share. I know that um, it's not easy, and you guys both mentioned, you know, as you were kind of really in the thick of things, there was a lack of community and there was judgment. And um, I hate that for you both, but I'm really proud of you and your vulnerability because um, what you're essentially saying is screw those people that did those things. Um, there's other people that that are around that need to hear this story, um, but also we'll, we'll love and care for you guys as, as you share it. And so um, considering everything that you guys have gone through, uh, the fact that you are still standing, the fact that you have wonderful children, wonderful children, um, and the fact that there is a, a faith and a hope uh, is incredible. And so thank you guys for sharing and thank you for being vulnerable on this podcast today. Thank you. Thank you.